What's up? I Escape here bringing you AOK Radio, signing in for another special dose of escapism into pop culture. So, let's escape together. Alright, so I got a couple requests to continue the narration of my book, Odd Company, the first book of my series, I Believe in Monsters. And it makes sense. I am a big audiobook fan myself. And as of right now, I don't have access to making this a... I don't have access to make this an audiobook in any other form, so this is the best way to do it as of right now. And honestly, yeah, I find myself listening to audiobooks mostly anyway myself. I love reading them too, but I do prefer the multitasking where I can listen to the audiobook or podcast or whatever and do other things as well, at least to the point where it doesn't take too much attention to what I'm listening to. So, yeah. So before we get into the meat of the first chapter, I'm just going to restart fresh because when I narrated this stuff before then, that was before I did the final editing and touched up some things before we went into the final version of the book before publishing. And just to get a a fresh start so everyone can have this um, pretty much just a fresh start to go from here to the end, you know, just to, so they don't have to go all the way back to whenever I first started this episode uh, narration. So I feel like it'd be better to better place to start. Um, so before we start off to that, I just got to give a big shout out to the Uptown Art Walk. This is a great local event, not sponsored or anything, but I just wanted to give them a big, big shout out because it's a local art event in my area and they really helped me, helped motivate me to start up my Uh, my local business side of things and make it more of expand outside more than just my Redbubble website. So pretty much selling more stuff outside of that. So I have my I Escape Presents business side where it's me selling my art prints, my stickers and stuff like that through me, you know, cutting out the middleman and I just mail it out to people if you're not local, that is. And I've been able to set up a business account through Square. And Square has been really cool. Also not sponsored, but hey, Square, if you're listening and you want to sponsor me, hey, I love your stuff. (laughs) So and they they're really supportive, too. They, They offer a lot of free stuff like you get a free swipe card swiper for your phone. Um, a free app you can use that have gives you a free website you can use to set up your stuff. It's it's really cool. It really is. So because of that, I was able to get a free website, free bank account and stuff that set up through them. So I have a, all this cool stuff that was able to help me set things up, you know, business stuff. And it just feels awesome because now I'm like, I have this official business outside of like another like mainstream thing, if that makes sense, you know. Because there's Redbubble, which is, it's hard to describe it. I don't know if I'm even describing this right. So you got Redbubble, which is like this massive manufacturer website, which is fine. There's nothing fine with partnering with that. That's actually honestly easier. And it's good because that takes a lot of, uh, that takes a lot off your plate because you don't have to worry about the manufacturer. You don't have to worry about the shipping. You can just get the designs up there and then boom, they handle the rest. But sometimes you are able sometimes the fun comes from you making it yourself sometimes i talk to people who love doing that stuff themselves and they can guarantee 
the production quality and stuff like that. Or maybe they just want to go to different companies themselves. Like I love, I love sticker mule. I love red bubbles sticker quality, but I think sticker mule does better. So I go to their company instead for stickers. And that's why I prefer to sell stickers through them. Um, so that's why whenever I tell people to get stickers, I tell them that buy the stickers through me instead of through my Redbubble site. But anyway, um, so yeah, I love it. It's awesome. My link to my stuff will always be in my description from now on to check out all that stuff. But anyway, um, the art show has been great. It's always free to set up and I've been picking up new things to dis- to set up there. And my buddy, uh, shout out to Josh, um, AKA Star Wars New Horizons. He's been on here a couple times. He's definitely overdue to get back on here. Got definitely got to get him on here again soon. Um, but he's helped. He's been a massive support. Um, the the times we've gone, um, he's helped with displays. Um, he's had. He's brought the table. He's brought the chairs. He's brought so many things to help me set up, and I, I I've appreciated it so much. And over time, you know, I've started getting more things. Like I got this display case that holds the stickers it holds the art prints and stuff now i have some display cases that hold the prints that can hold them up and stuff and it's cool because now i have this mobile shop which is just it's awesome i have my own little physical store now which is really cool because as a as like a teenager i had a i had a friend a really close friend of mine back then that together we had a dream that we wanted to open up a store together where we had this we wanted to open up our own store that we that we where we sold our own books our own art stuff and whatnot and even if it was like a kiosk or something just something and it never happened and now this is me kind of like carrying on that dream you know and even though I don't even though I'm not uh I don't know what happened to that friend this is me pretty much carrying on that memory that the, the the remnants of that friendship and i it's just nice so shout out to that but yeah i i'm looking for more things to do in the art community to kind of spread out um if you guys have any suggestions let me know i'm trying to find more events out there um, I was trying to find some, I was trying to find like this farmer's market, but it is expensive to shut, to like spread, uh, to set up there. So that was a no go. Cause I didn't think the return was going to be worth it, honestly. And sometimes you just gotta, sometimes it's worth the risk. Honestly, I didn't think it was worth the risk on that. So I didn't, I didn't take it. It was going to be like, like a hundred bucks basically to set up and it's bruh. It's no. And honestly, this place is mainly like for food. There's like maybe two or three artist things set up there. The rest is food. It's not the right place to be. So I'm not going to set it up there. But anyway, um, there's a great art, art, art support in the uptown area. So I'm probably just going to stick there and try to showcase some other stuff in the future. But I'm going to try and find some other places. Um, I'm working on some more art stuff to showcase more of the book stuff soon. I've been working on a lot of original, just random stuff lately. Like uh, the the pictures like You Prickle My Fancy, the, <laughs> the um, Feeling Froggy, you know, those random stickers and prints lately. But I'm going to get back into drawing more of the 
character pictures and stuff that I can make stickers of and prints to further advertise the books and to showcase the characters because I know I need to do that also to get the interest more into the books to, to show like, hey, this is what the characters look like. This is what they're doing. This is what they're involved in so that people can get a bigger idea of what's going on. And also to hopefully maybe even bring in other people on the project, on the projects in the future, because I would love to bring on other people in the future, like maybe another artist or two and, you know, share the you know, eventually share the profit with them if a, if there ever was to be a profit. But, you know, I, w- I wouldn't mind for sure, you know, paying them out of my personal pocket, um, you know, for some uh, commissions here and there and uh, so forth. You know, of course, I wouldn't expect to just do stuff for free. That, that wouldn't be cool. But, you know, I wouldn't mind to, like just to work with some people, but to bring them on the project and, you know, give the credit where it's due and, and pay and whatnot. But... I say it like that because I haven't made much profit yet. So that's why I said it like that. So I'm like, there's not much profit off of what I'm doing. So, but I would be happy to pay so they feel appreciated and all that stuff. Man, that probably sounded really weird, (laughs) but I'm all right with it. All right. So I just wanted to get that off, off the thing real quick. Um, really excited with what I'm showcasing right now. I'm working on, um, an Alice piece because Alice, um, one of my oldest characters is does make her first appearance in the first book, and I'm very glad she does. Spoiler alert for those who haven't read it, but um, it's not a huge deal, not a huge spoiler, I should say, for those who don't know, because if you don't know much about the character, it's not a big deal. But sh- for those who don't know, she is a very important character. She'll have a lot to do in the future, but of course... You'll find out later. And, and I do have a Quantum Cap piece I'm working on as well. So stay tuned for that because Quantum Cap is the current book I'm working on now. And in closing, because this is already 10 minutes in, good Lord, I'm going to put a timestamp for people who are like, dude, this guy's talking forever. <laughs> I'm going to put a timestamp on for hopefully you guys are interested in this stuff because this is important stuff, kind of, sort of, mostly. But, um, the quantum cat piece is very cool it's going to showcase two of the main characters in a funny and cool moment not a really funny but in a cool moment and kind of showcase some of their character and i think that'd be cool some cool merch especially as the book it gets closer to its release um i'm i'm looking toward i'm going back to my roots i'm going back to my roots and closure um i'm i bought some notebooks some dollar store notebooks where I'm going to start bringing them with me everywhere so I can just write as I go, like I used to when I used to work. Um, basically, where, where I, wherever, wherever I used to go, essentially, because that's where I did most of my writing before I even discovered Google Docs. Even when I was writing Odd Company, that's what I would do all the time. That's where I did most of my writing on the notepad, and then I would just transition it to Google Docs. And that's when I really did most of my progress. And unfortunately... Over these last couple months, I haven't been doing that. So because of that, unfortunately, the book has suffered and I've fallen behind. But I have made still a lot of story progress and a lot of great development despite that. So don't think I haven't been making progress because I have for sure. But anyway, 
Without further ado, let's get this started. Thank you for listening in on this progress. Hope you are excited for what's to come. I am very excited and I can't wait to show you all what is coming down the rabbit hole because I am more excited than ever to be back on the mic to talk about this. And yeah, thank you again for being so patient with me. And here we are. Book one of I Believe in Monsters. This is Odd Company. But these words people threw around, humans, monsters, heroes, villains. To Victor, it was all just a matter of semantics. Someone could call themselves a hero and still walk around killing dozens. Someone else could be labeled a villain for trying to stop them. Plenty of humans were monstrous. And plenty of monsters knew how to play at being human. V.E. Schwab, a quote from Vicious. Ibum, abbreviated as I Believe in Monsters, or abbreviated as, or from, abbreviated from I Believe in Monsters, that sounds about right. <laughs> Book one, Odd Company. I Believe in Monsters, its story, characters, are copyright of 2019. Nicholas Luck, all rights reserved. Opening. Creatures, beasts, and monsters wander here. I welcome you to the infinite realms of the heart and mind. To look within it as far as you are able. Grasp their threads connected to a grander web of mystery, of life both known and unknown to us, of the universe. I believe in monsters. Because of how connected we are to the universe and its structure, that has no obligation to make sense to us. So, what wouldn't share those traits? From many places like an unfamiliar cyberpunk Oz, falling into an apocalypse, an Ozpocalypse, if you will, to a steampunk wonderland that hasn't found its true wonder just yet, no dreams from Alice just yet. The rabbit hole for now has journeyed into the unknown of the nightmarish and the odd, bringing with it a company of sorts stuck in the middle. I believe in monsters, and this is why. Prologue. This zeal of mine. I'm sure you've heard it before, but if you haven't, I don't believe you. In space, no one can hear you scream. So, why then could the people of this small armada of cruisers and other crafts hear the screams of a dead solar system? Well, it wasn't completely dead. Not yet. All the planets were gone, now well acquainted with oblivion. The void of space was all the darker forward. Only the red giant star, Arcturus, remained. This armada held their last line close to there. The numbing screams of countless victims were drawing closer, growing louder, sinking deep into the survivors' fleeting sanity. Worst of all, 
the screams were far from natural. Among those survivors was the owner of the star, sharing its name, Arcturus. In these passing moments, he could only think of what was lost from this system. Zeripra, Rotov, Krov, Dripso. From the beautiful, vast wildlands of Zeripra to the unique gravity of Rotov, with most of its life and artificial structures rarely on the ground. Then Krov, the smallest of the four, one-fourth of its head, oh, excuse me, one-fourth of it had been remarkably carved in the shape of, it, of the head of its queen. And Dripso, partly ice with mostly water. It was the most populated, having wondrous and frightful life among all the depths of its oceans. All of them were home to him. Homes to him. None favored over the other. Reduced to memory and imagination. It infuriated him while basking himself within the photosphere of the sun. Being a Macaulay, it was comforting. It kept him calm enough to be mentally prepared for the upcoming battle. His body's outer layer was a beautiful crimson light energy. Arcturus had the head of a sparrow with a long slender beak, thick long feathers out of the back of his head and horns. He was twice the size of his two Macaulay brethren. The surrounding area flared and crackled as he vented away. Out of the top of the ships, he fired off solar flares into space, aimed in a particular direction where they had been expecting company soon. Everyone present in the Armada could hear so many familiar faces, coherent pleas among the other radical mass of screams. It wasn't long before it had driven the Yorilil, an amphibian race, into a crazed frenzy. They were half of the Armada. A few Yorilil piloted all white spear-shaped cruisers with two black rings rotating around it. The rest had the same color scheme, but were shaped like double-edged swords. Those ships had the head of what resembled a hammerhead shark. The Artemis... The other half of the Armada weren't affected. They were a synthetic AI group of mostly hunters. Their crafts consisted of either piloted mechs or were mechs themselves. Their bodies were shroom-like with long metal, long pedal shapes along the body-like armor. Two bulky arms with pedal with <laughs> with long tendril. Uh, wow, with long tendrils under. Some were more shell-shaped with two to three heads with long necks. They all had various designs of horns. Others had bodies with floor shapes and arms with long snouted heads for hands. The Yorlil resembled frogs with four eyes and protruding bone structures for, from over their foreheads up to their whole body. Quite small creatures at about two feet tall, they typically wore exoskeletons when out of the water. It brought them to about six feet with their six limbs. They extended into long stretching similar tendril tech as the Artemis. No other races of this system had survived this ravenous rampage. 
three hexagonal pyramid machines were behind the armada. These machines added additional shielding to all the ships and mechs. Three Makali held the front line. Two were of blue light, Bellatrix and Seal. One shined a red light, Arcturus, regrouping them. The farthest up front, Bellatrix, spoke out in a common language to everyone present telepathically. It was easily transmitted to everyone's variety of devices of communication via the same hexagonal technology. It was a simple language that was a mixture of clicks, whistles, and pulsated calls. In English, it was something along the lines of, See Jabberwock, we activate hexes and flee. Bellatrix stated, Your lil we fix. Artemis, on guard. The hexes began spinning, with blue spheres in the middle of them ignited, beaming into the sun. The Artemis responded with a simple yes. They weren't strictly a hive mind. They were able to act individually when need be. It battered the nerves of the group how fast their adversary was approaching. The time crunch left them little time for preparation. What was this thing, truly? Where did it come from? Seo couldn't shake her fear, burying her head into her hands briefly. Bellatrix, with a loving tone, told her, Focus, my zeal. Bellatrix was the oldest there by a fair amount. She considered most, if not all of the ones before her, family in some form, distant or close. Arcturus, Bellatrix warmly called. Shine bright. Shine for what we've lost. Arcturus, like echoes in the back of his mind, recalled these warnings of hers, recurring teachings not to overestimate her, himself, but to rely on the looking glass, not to lose himself. To find your power within the looking glass was the easy part. The rest of what you could do took time. They didn't have that. Not too far in the distance, a strange red cloud grew visibly with a surge of power raging inside it. They could faintly see the shape of something grand making its way through. Ready looking glass. On the backs of the three Makali, five shards of glass formed. One middle piece, four wings with a top pair bigger than the bottom. They were four transparent with a star-eyed galaxy visual moving with yeah, excuse me, moving about within it. Bellatrix went on to another loving comment. Proud of you, Seal, Arcturus. Hearing that from Bellatrix was a touch of warmth to the chills Seal had been getting. Seal was unable to keep the terrifying thoughts of the monsters that haunted them out of her mind. The screams worming their way into her subconscious, tugging away at her sanity. One of the early signs of indoctrination, like Arcturus, seeing this thing feed off each world and its people while they were powerless to stop it, kept resurfacing in, its, in his mind. It was leaving them unable to think of anything else. The layers of his sanity were, were successfully being peeled away by the Jabberwock. They focused on Bellatrix as a tether to keep them balanced and meditated. The love she had given them as they matured from birth within their own sons to now was unparalleled. Always being there for each other, it was remarkable how easily they could be soothed by her, 
How she always made things better despite whatever was going on. Anything, including now. They both had pictured themselves as young ones being held by her for the very first time. This reverie held them steady. The two Macaulay shined brighter with their looking glass, growing one-third larger. These memories happened so long ago, but it felt closer than ever. Even still, Seo's anger and fear was being juggled, rivaling, rivaling the way Arcturus's was. Even though it had been stretched and thinning out thanks to their meditation, the juggling just didn't stop. It slowed and twisted and molded the thoughts they both had. Seo had been draped in a starry sky robe with long feathers along its edges, her hair flowing just as long. It covered most of her face, excluding her mouth, and she had thick thorns out of the side of her head and two smaller ones out her chin. Bellatrix profoundly shared their feelings. She was able to control her rattling emotions to a higher degree, though. It was still quite visible to the others that she was suffering along with them. She wanted them to see. She was convinced they would prevail. This ordeal was simply a sickness, and she would make the cure. Determined to make, determined to show her strength and the new power of the looking glass coupled with it, to prove survival was possible. The looking glass power had just been scratched at the surface. Bellatrix intended to see it all. Focus, my zeal, she repeated for herself. The looking glass on her back, on their backs, kept their minds more balanced and granted them the boost and power they needed. Bellatrix had similar horns to seal. She wore a jingaza with all with in a mm, with an all white coat. <laughs> the power of the hexes continued to grow and gather. Bellatrix and the other two Macaulay separated and entered the Yorlil ships. They centered themselves within them and constructed webs of light. Seeing the Yorlil, Yor- mm, wow, excuse me. Seeing the Yorlil fighting among themselves brought turmoil to the Macaulay and Artemis. No one was safe. It wouldn't be long before their ships were too damaged in the chaos to function. Being lost to their madness, the Yorlil caused friendly fire collisions these three all called out updating each other of the situation each seemed worse than the last the three being on the defensive as many came their way putting up construct light barriers and even copies of themselves to mislead the crazed attackers pushing them back and keeping them separated for the webs to do their jobs broken glass clawed and dented walls the emergency lights flashed wildly Water was everywhere from the Yorlil's reservoirs, from recreational to what they drank and bathed in. Fires had already been rampant. The Makali easily absorbed it within their webs. It helped refuel their energy output. Whatever the spilt water and the energy emergency sprinklers didn't extinguish went to them. It refreshed them like a meal. The Yorlil had been... The Yorlil had very durable metals, crystals, and plastics in their ship, with mostly waterproof systems due to, their, due to their lifestyle. There were very few sparks and surges from their systems. It was quite a feat, the damage they had been doing. 
Multiple unconscious bodies were sprawled around them from the shock alone. There, were, there was minimum lethal damage done. The Orlil descended deeper into madness by the second. The webs the three Makali made ricocheted within the ships and out to their surrounding ones, catching everyone within it, drawn them, drawn to them like magnets. It waned and tis- <laughs> it waned and twisted with the Orlil fighting against it. The three Makali could hear the screams getting worse, but the meditation could fight it. It maintained their connection to the looking glass. The Orlil had ma- hadn't mastered this new your. Wow, the jeez. Though your Lil hadn't mastered this new technique quite yet. There we go. Neither them nor the Artemis had access to the looking glass because of it. Time had not been in their favor. This intense sickness the your Lil suffered from was drawn out of the crew and into the webs. It flowed along the strings of it like a sickly, bubbling white and red liquid of energy. It nearly stunned the Makali having to deplete it so much from the Yorleo so quickly. Even the webs connected to one of the hexes, they were close enough for it to start affecting them. It being this strong so quickly meant they had been closer to the Jabberwock than they had feared. Closer than the red cloud had given away. It felt like a pressure building up with a bill. It felt like a pressure building up with it pulling them further out of their meditation, each pushing, each passing second. Good Lord. Let me read that again. It felt like a pressure building up with it pulling them fuller out, further out of their meditation, each passing second. I swear I can read. <laughs> their wrist. I'm going to pause real quick. Holy, just holy smack roll. They risked heavy casualties the longer this persisted. The more their light had spread, it strained, making it harder to filter and destroy this more potent strain of madness. Macaulay didn't often experience physical pain. This was relentless. They now heard and saw similar things of the Yorlil on a grander scale as this persisted. They saw stars flickering out of the whole galaxy, the worlds fading into an all-familiar white and red fire. Bellatrix had finally depleted all she could out of the web in herself, casting it out of the ship. The hex wrapped its own web around it, pulling it into its own core for energy conversion. Arcturus was in a more tangled mental state than the other Macaulay. He began flaring uncontrollably, all the while the massive red cloud grew denser as it approached. Seal sensed Arcturus' issue first, allowing her web to continue without her. She rushed over to him. Without her conducting... mm, Actually, that was right. Without her conducting it, the siphoning was at a slower pace. Seal contacted Bellatrix as she left her position. Must help Arcturus. He had been struggling to manage his end, but didn't want to admit it. Ashamed of himself and scared, Arcturus was warned not to rush or outpace himself, but he got anxious. This was his solar system, his home. Arcturus felt he failed it. The the planets and its people, 95% of them were gone. He couldn't hear or see anything but their outcry for it all to stop. He couldn't keep this looking glass stable enough to keep the madness at bay. 
it began to crack. Sio had managed to get to Arcturus. He turned to her with a saddened, tormented, tormented tone. Sorry, not strong enough. Forgive me. Sio lifted him up and out of the ship, encasing him in a protective light construct. From his flaring, molted pieces of his power was falling from him. These were repeatedly tearing holes in Seal's shield. She desperately had to reinforce it with layers of different shapes and sizes. Still, refusing to be contained, Seal reluctantly resorting... Seal reluctantly resorted to reshaping her whole body for the shield to compensate. Arturus's light went blinding, and in the blink of an eye, he had incinerated them both. The explosion from it shook the few ships close enough around it. The most destructive part of it was mostly contained. At Seol's sacrifice. To be continued. Ooh, I know, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're ending on a cliffhanger, but we'll be back at it soon. And for those who are listening to this for the first time, or maybe people who are... Uh, who have read it already, who are listening to it for the first time, etc., etc. Um, hope you are enjoying this. And this is cool. I have been enjoying rereading this again because I haven't read it since the last time before pre-release. So it's been quite a while. And it's it's great. I, I've, you know, we as artists, as people, we can tend to be our worst critics. And rereading this you know i i still have my issues with my own writing of course obviously but i like i definitely enjoy the story that i have crafted and i can't wait to see how it progresses how i progress it over time but anyway as i end this episode i wanted to have like i kind of want to end each episode with an outro like a five minute outro like a um what's it called like a creator commentary type thing like a five minute thing i forget what they call it like a behind the scenes type deal but just kind of like what i was feeling when writing this part or whatever whenever whatever i'm whatever this part i was doing for each episode and with the prologue with with each prologue i kind of want to have a certain style to it and I don't know if you'll notice it in this one, but I think you might notice it in the next one in Quantum Cab. I don't know if anyone will pick it up, but maybe over time someone will. And I think that'll be kind of interesting. I don't I didn't have it in Don't Tell Steven, but technically that wasn't actually it isn't solely my book. That's technically solely my dad's book. I'm just a co-creator on that book because I have a remaster of it. That's technically my dad's book first so i don't claim that as just you know i can't i can't claim that it's just my book that's that's his book so and there's no prologue it's just a it's just a chapter book uh, actually is it even is it, i don't think that is it no i don't think that is a chapter book no that's not a chapter book never, yeah never mind forget that part too um so anyway i i love prologues and with prologues i kind of want to always make that the point where I'm like, if I can't hook you by the prologue, then 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, that's my deal. Like, I my goal is to hook you by the prologue. And I just, that's my goal. So I, my goal is to, like, throw out, throw in some crazy cool stuff right from the get-go. You know, just, just to go really in. And that was my goal from the get-go to just throw in a bunch of awesome stuff. That's why you see what you see in the prologue <laughs> and it kind of winds down a little bit but then it picks back up in the other chapters you you see that this a lot of stuff happens in this first book this first book i gotta admit goes really goes really hard and when i first like started writing this book even i was like oh wow i really went there <laughs> like there were some chapters i'm like dude i really went there like yo <laughs> But I'm happy. I'm glad I did what I did. And that's what's so good about writing fiction. You can just do whatever you want. And, you know, hopefully if you keep up with your own lore and what works in your universe, it can be awesome. And if the fans call you out, you can be like, well, um, let's figure it out and make it work <laughs> or be like, Hey, it just worked in that one moment. Cause it was just cool. <laughs> and hopefully the fans like it. So that's all I can say. I'll just leave it, leave it uh, for that for now. Um, that's pretty much my goal. Um, keep it short and simple for this introductory outer outro for this episode, but I hope you enjoyed. Um, I think what I'll probably do is, um, yeah, I'll just keep it simple from now on. I think what I'll do is I'll probably just do like 30 minute. Let me know for sure what you guys want. If you want just like a 30 minute read episodes or if you want like an hour worth, if you want me to do like the whole chapter, because that might be a little difficult, honestly, because these chapters do vary. Some chapters are long. Not all the chapters are the same length. Because Bas basically I finish the chapter when I believe the chapter is is like that's when I think the chapter is good to end. I don't I don't go like okay, there's enough words. No, I end it when I think it's relative to end. <laughs> like okay, five pages, okay, I don't care. Two pages, eh, okay, that's that's the story bit there. That's a good place to end. I don't really care. It's like that. When I, whenever the story is good, that's where I end it. You know, so. That's why I feel like when I, whenever I hit just the 30 minute mark or like a good spot around that 30 ish minute mark, I think I'll call it. But let me know what you guys think. Hope you enjoyed everything. And let me know if you have any ideas for anything you'd like to see in the future, especially content wise and anything you would like to see me draw, especially with the characters. Um, and if you have read the book already, let me know. Um, or any in even if you haven't, if you've any and you've listened to this episode, um, well, obviously if you have, you you wouldn't be able to answer if you haven't. <laughs> what I meant to say was, after listening to this episode, let me know what you would like to see me draw. Because right now I'm drawing Alice because she has appeared in this episode or bleh, she has appeared in this book. Excuse me, I've already drawn a couple of the main characters already. I'm going to start making merch for them so people who are fans of the books can, you know, have stickers of them and stuff. So that'd be kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, because I just realized, like, that'd be cool to have stickers and stuff because I would rock stickers. 
of them because i mean dude they're my characters so look forward to that too that i'm gonna definitely have stickers of my of those characters and whatnot soon but i know there's got to be definitely a demand for them enough demand because i can only do like bulk orders of them because sticker mule that's how it works unless i find like a 10 unless they do like another 10 stickers for like a dollar deal like they did a couple times but we'll see but anyway until the wind hits our sails yet again, I will see you all in the next escape. And until next time, guys, let's, I always forget my outro. Y'all take care. I'll leave it at that. <laughs>